It's been a while. Well, welcome to February. And this week, we were celebrating Valentine's Day. Now, to some, that may be a good thing. To others, it may seem stressful. But over on Clubhouse, and if any of you follow me, you know that every morning, I'm with Pastor Melva Henderson and about 15 other amazing individuals who just love the Lord and love to share, to help to encourage, to build up others, to teach, and to help in any way that they can. And you're always invited because it's every morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or uh, East Coast is 7 till 9. But at any point, it feels really good to be here because it's been a while. And this week, because of... February, the conversation has been about love. Now, yesterday on Clubhouse, and this is what prompted the conversation, Sister Ebony expressed the languages of love. She talked about five different languages of love. And then at the end, she asked a question. How do we love him back? How do we love God back? Well, self-love. Self-love is being able to love God back and being able to receive the gift, the gift of love and everlasting love and unconditional love and enduring love. This love, his love, it's beyond human comprehension. The definition of self-love from a biblical perspective is to have a healthy regard for oneself. It's based on God's word. And that's what we're going to dig into today. So self-love is not selfish. To love oneself, it means to take care of oneself, physically, mentally, and emotionally. It means to put oneself first, sometimes in order to be the best version of oneself. It also means to know one's own value and worth and not to settle for anything less, anything less than what one deserves. The Bible has a lot to say about self-love. In Corinthians 6.19, we're told to honor God with our bodies. And this, this means taking care of yourself physically. Taking care of that physical body because that's the temple. That's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you all know that that rings really true to my heart because I am all about taking care of this temple, of honoring it, of feeding it everything that God put here on earth. See, dis-ease, that's not our portion. Healing is our portion because he loves us so much. Philippians 4.8, we're told to think on whatever is true and whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. And this verse reminds us to focus on our thoughts because thoughts become things. So it's the positive and uplifting things that we should be focusing on in order to maintain a healthy mental state. Now, if you have time, Psalm 42 is a great example of our thoughts, of David's thoughts, and how you create who you are by what you're thinking. So when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducee, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, the religious scholar, He posed a question to test him. He said, teacher, which commandment of the law is the greatest? And Jesus answered him, love. 
love the Lord your God with every passion, every passion of your heart, seriously with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. This is the greatest and supreme commandment. And the second is like as important. You must love your friend the same way that you love yourself. Love yourself. See, it was a two-part answer for one question. Jesus said to love the Lord with all your passion, your prayer and intelligence. That is the most important. It's first on the list, but there is a second, a second set alongside it. Love others as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs in everything in God's law and the prophets hang from them. See, the Sadducees had 669 laws to follow. Oof. <laughs> no wonder why they were so sad. However, this was the one law that Jesus said was most important. Life has a way of getting complicated fast. Sometimes before we even open our eyes in the morning, our mind might be racing. What do I have to do today? Who am I meeting? What relationships with my family are stressing me out? Oh, how much money do I have left in my account? What's the next deal? Do I have enough to make it? Am I enough? How do I feel? Oh, my body aches. I'm overweight. I don't want to go today. When I feel better, I'll, I'll go when I look better. Oh, next time. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I can't make them like me? How will I fit in? See, these are days when life is so complicated and overwhelming. Our anxiety gets to an all-time high, and lately, it just seems that most days, well, they make way for Joyce Myers. What does she say? Stinking thinking. However, those are not the thoughts of one who walks in self-love. See, how can I love them if I don't love me? Do I even know that I don't love me? Our disconnection from love is the core of almost all of our problems. It leads to mundane lives, lives of depression, imprisoning ourselves in dull routines, empty relationships, needing love, caring for others at our own expense, or eliminating ourselves to what we feel we derive or others will allow us. Lack of self-love usually comes from thinking that I'm not enough, I'm not lovable. See, this is a fear that is not real, but you will not know that if you're too scared to explore this fear. When you lack self-love, you start to look outside of yourself for love, hoping to find somebody who can overturn this judgment of yourself. But the truth is the only person who can actually change this belief is you. Self-love is being in love with somebody and loving them. But if they leave you, you, my friend, are still filled with love because you believe and you know in your inner being you are loved. You are loved with God's love and his love is perfect. As a model for how to love, it says, it's patient and it's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. 
It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love wins. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always powerful and endures through every circumstance. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, can you imagine being loved like this? It would change your life. The truth is, this is an accurate description of God's love for you. And the command is this. This is how you are to love you. Self-love is about being loving, enjoying who you are. Self-love emerges when you take time to explore yourself, to get to know the true you. So if you don't know you, you don't know who you are, then you will let others tell you who you are. Self-love comprises of several things, including being kind to yourself, being committed to yourself, caring for yourself. It also means accepting yourself, accepting yourself as you are. Self-approval is the key to self-love. And with all the people that he created on earth, you know, only you have that fingerprint, those eyes, and that DNA. So he created you in his image of his perfectness. He has already approved you. He has stamped you, chosen. He has stamped you, apple of my eye. Now, can you honestly say that you are all those things to yourself? Well, if you can't, you may find it difficult. You may find it hard to find true happiness in life. There's eight destructive signs that indicate that we're lacking in self-love. Actually, there's a lot more than that. But for today, let's just explore and chew on those. See, one is being needy. And if you're needy, you're consistently seeking a lot of attention, affection, affirmations, affirming you. People describe you as really clingy. Needy, insecure people always have these behaviors which can become overbearing for others and consequently it's going to push them away. Now, however, Deuteronomy 10, you shall feel free. You shall fear the Lord, your God. You shall serve him and cling to him and you shall swear by his name calling to the Lord. In Deuteronomy 13, it says, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, self-love, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. Joshua 23, 8 says, But you are to cling to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. Psalm 63, My soul clings to you, and your right hand upholds me. Cling to the Lord. Don't look for other people to validate you. Don't look for other people to validate you. Maybe you get into chaotic, toxic relationships. Perhaps you're self-focused or hypersensitive and self-justifying. You're extremely defensive and you find it difficult to cope with others, making it difficult for them to have a healthy relationship with you. So you can only love someone to the degree that you love yourself. The measure 
that you love yourself. But how did Jesus deal with toxic people? Jesus demonstrates that we need sometimes to verbally walk away when dealing with a toxic person. Instead of arguing with Herod and trying to justify himself, Jesus remained silent. Though Herod piled him with questions, but Jesus gave no answer. See, he was okay being okay with himself. In Proverbs 9, it says that we will hurt others and others will hurt us. But if you forgive a fault, wait for it, love can be restored. However, dwelling on wrongs and refusing to let them go causes angry division and painful separation. So you may have been hurt in your relationship, or maybe you have been the one who hurt. The third one talks about eating disorders, unhealthy addictions, and this is not my intention to trigger anyone. I'm just showing that there is always a flip to any script that we may be telling ourselves. We can always change the story. We can always reverse the curse. Refusing to eat, you're in denial of hunger, or you have this intense fear of gaining weight. You have this really negative, distorted self-image. Looking in a mirror is something you don't do. And if you do, you only see bad things that nobody else sees but that's what you see. Maybe you partake in excessive exercise, or you gorge yourself to bury ill feelings, or you drink yourself to feel calm, or, 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 shop, or pornography, or, there's lots of different medications, in air quotes, to cover up bad feelings feelings of self-loathing, feelings of disappointment and despair. Well, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in this body. Let your body be an outward outward living demonstration to praise him, him who loves you, loving him back. First Samuel 16 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or his height or his statue because I have rejected him. See, for the Lord sees not as a man sees. A man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at your heart, your heart, your heart that is an ever-living spring filled with love to love yourself. To see, to see yourself the way that he sees you in your perfectness, in your beauty, in your intensity. A diamond is a diamond is a diamond. A diamond is a diamond. A diamond is always a diamond. All things are possible with our Father. Roman 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brother, for the mercy of to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Oh, I love this one. The Song of Solomon 4-7. You are altogether beautiful, my love. 
There is no flaw in you. Let that really resonate with you today. Be a sponge to that word today in loving yourself. Give yourself permission to love yourself today because you are all out together today. Beautiful, beautiful, my love. And there is no flaw in you. That's how he sees you, flawless. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful, all your works. My soul knows it well. My soul knows it very well, how wonderfully I am made. See, self-love is a result of self-worth. It's how you value you without the red bottoms, without the trains, planes, and cars. Number four is hypervigilance. So you may be afraid of making mistakes, constantly anxious and overly watchful of the behavior of others. You search for clues on how to act, what to wear, what to say, what to do, never allowing your true self to shine through. And again, we heard this in Psalm 139. Remember, remember this, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed, an unformed substance, and in your book written all my members, and written of the days that were formed for me, when I was as as yet there were none of them. See, he knew you before. He knew you before you were even created from love. And in Romans 12, it said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That renewal of your mind, that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Remember, self-love is having those positive thoughts, not the 60,000 negative thoughts that come through every day. It's the renewal of your mind, testing and discerning and asking, is that true? Is that thought really true? Are those words that I just spoke to myself really true? Are those words that someone else just spoke to me really true? Or is God's word true? All of God's words are true. So what words have been spoken over you? First, Peter, do not let the adorning and the external braiding of your hair and putting on of the gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear, the layers being adorned, being hidden, hidden the person of the heart with that imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is so very precious. You, my friend, are so very precious to him. But do you feel that? Do you really feel that? Do you know that? Do you believe that? First Timothy 4, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. You are created by him and nothing about you is to be rejected. Not those eyes, not those ears, not that nose, not those hips, not the way you walk, not the way you talk, nothing. You were created 
in his perfectness. Number five is poor communication. You may find it difficult to communicate effectively with others. Have you lacked the skill to express yourself? And this, this results in feeling that you've not been heard or perhaps you're misunderstood. However, in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, it says, do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve it so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. See, if it says, do not throw away your confidence, that means that you have it. That means that he already gave it to you. That means that he has instilled it. But something is covering it up and not allowing it to shine. You have confidence. It says it right here. In Philippians 4.13, remember, my friend, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Number six is perfectionism. Maybe you always want things to be done perfectly, which is impractical and, and, and not normal in a normal life. You often feel so imperfect and inadequate, which leaves you with low self-esteem. Maybe you try covering this up, acting in ways that you assume are acceptable, such as maybe being best dressed without a hair out of place, needing perfect feedback, or else you're devastated. If you do something and other people don't tell you how great and how wonderful and thank you so much for doing that, you're in a tailspin. But remember, we don't need to hear it from other people. We already know the greatness that is within us. Some people always put blame on other whenever something is not done the way that they want it. But see, in Christ, you're free. You are free to follow Jesus imperfectly. You're free to fight the fight of death defectively because that's the only way you will ever win, ever fight faith in this age. Perfectionism is a ponderous weight that we must lay at its side, especially in this race of faith. God doesn't want us to focus on performing perfectly. He wants us to focus on living out a childlike dependency through authentic acts of love. Number seven is lack of assertiveness. Lack of confidence and self-esteem leaves you too fearful of upsetting others. Assertiveness requires boldness, which maybe you lack due to holding your feelings in. Holding your feelings in and being passive. You let your anger build up until it boils over and then you become aggressive and defensive. Here's my word, however. I think I'll start saying nevertheless. In Deuteronomy 31, it says, be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never, ever, 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 never leave you or forsake you. God fills us with the Holy Spirit, who is bold and courageous. Timothy 1 says that we do not have to muster courage and strength in our own way. We simply submit to the Spirit of God that is within us. And God promises that nothing can separate, nothing can separate us from His love. Confidence will intimidate people. 
It'll intimidate people who don't have a good sense of self-esteem, self-love, or confidence themselves. They'll say to you, you're arrogant because you know who you are. And they're still searching. Number eight, and I'll start to wrap up with this, wearing a mask. So you can put a mask on to hide your vulnerability. You can try to act in ways that don't conceal. You can try to act in ways that conceal your emotions and put on this brave face so that others, they won't see the problem, the turmoil, the anxiousness, the things that you're going through in life alone. But if you're ready to change your life and move from self-hate to self-love, then a good way to start, a good way to start is start to ask questions. Well, first, let me say this. If you're wearing a mask, my friend, you're upsetting God. See, he created you in the fullness of his love, his love, his peace, his joy, his compassion, his perfectness. And if you, my friend, are wearing a mask, it's time to remove it. It's time to remove it and let your beauty shine through with love. With the love and you let the line, the the light, let it shine on me. Let it lift us up to be free, free to love. All we are when we live out these principles, these biblical principles of love, we are able to show others the love of Christ through our actions. We're able to be the light in a dark world. We're able to make the difference in the lives around us. So what does God's love mean to me? What would someone who self-loves be like? What would someone who loves themselves do? How can I be more loving to me today? And how can I express my love to myself today? Jesus loves me in the same way the Father loves me. I'm like a prized treasure filling his heart with joy. Therefore, I will live in his love always, always recognizing and remembering in all that I do. I abide in his love by doing those things that he commands me to do, self-love. His joy and his delight are in me and my joy and delight are complete in him. I live out the commandment today. Love yourself. Love yourself so you can freely love others. Now remember, self-love is a rising tide and it brings others up with them. It doesn't knock them down. Well, I'm finished for today, and I'm so thankful for this opportunity to be able to share. May you have a blessed and marvelous day. Blessed and marvelous day. And think about how much he loves you. And then go and love yourself. Amen.